0: Welcome back to the program. We are glad you're with us. Thanks so much. Joe Michael Show continues on this portion of the program. Brought to you by our friends over there at Epoxy Flooring Done Right. Sean and the gang, they do you right. Uh, I know he's been on vacation. He's back now. He's getting back into the swing of things. Check out everything that they have to offer. Go to EpoxyFlooringDoneRight.com. That is EpoxyFlooringDoneRight.com. Epoxy Flooring Polyurea Coatings. They do it all. EpoxyFlooringDoneRight.com and see for yourself. Uh, Joining us now on the hotline, uh, our good friend over there at uh, Pro Football Focus, Seth Galina, now joining us. How you doing, man? What's going on?
1: I'm great. Uh, It snowed yesterday here, but it's sunny today, so my mood has changed drastically in the last 24 hours.
0: Well, that... We got some snow the other day as well, and it's all gone. Now we're expecting rain and warmer weather this weekend, so hopefully we're starting to turn the corner towards uh, bigger and better things weather-wise anyway. But it felt like football season. It feels like football season. Story breaks. Uh, I, you know, Jeff Darlington had it, obviously. Ian Rappaport talked about it. Debo Samuel once out of the 49ers organization. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. One, the 49ers would be crazy to trade him in conference to a competitive team like the Packers. And two, at this point, for what he's looking for contractually, I can't imagine Debo Samuel being afforded by the Green Bay Packers. Correct?
1: Yeah, and I also think the issue. I mean, you have to give probably both picks. Like I'm looking at the Stephon Diggs trade, uh, and that without a conference, right? AFC to NFC. I'm sorry, NFC to AFC, and you know they gave the twentieth pick. And you know the Packers were at twenty-two and twenty-nine, like it's eh, close, but I don't know. Would would you have to get both picks? That that would be interesting. Um, so yeah, I don't see it happening. It might be set. I mean, they just play each other in the conference championship game, and and they seem to play each other every year. It feels like even in the regular season. So I don't yeah. see that happening.
0: Yeah, Debo Samuel he holds a non-guaranteed three-point nine million dollar cap cat, cash hit this year. He's looking for twenty-plus million a year. Uh, That extension is probably waiting for him on the team that would then take on his salary. Right now, I don't think the Packers would be able to do that. Uh, In the meantime, the Green Bay Packers are going to be looking for wide receivers in the draft. They hold two picks in the first round. So give me your thoughts on the depth of the wide receiver class and how good this depth is. I think it's
1: it's very good, and I think we'll be saying that for a while. And I think, like, if you need a receiver – you're always going to be able to find one, you know, right around where the Packers are picking, you know, from the, basically from like 20 to 40 in the next few drafts, you're just going to have, there's going to be a lot of good receivers and a lot of different types of receivers um, that, that you, you know, want to pick and, and fill a specific role in your team for. So I think the Packers are in a good spot. Um, I know a lot of people think that they might go get two of them. I don't know about that, but I think for sure you can get one of them. And I don't think you really need to like package, both picks to trade up into the teams to go and find a guy. Like I think that there's more than enough guys there um in that range that, that you you can like.
0: So the two guys coming out of Ohio State, if you had to pick one, who you like better?
1: I like O'Lav better. I think they're both really good, obviously. I think Olav is just the smoothest type of runner that you can find. Probably the best in the class. Um both in, Wilson's got upside, obviously, the yards out the, the catch ability, the big play ability. I think your issue with him is like, hey, well, what happens when he gets press at the NFL level? Like, he wasn't great against press in college, so now you're obviously getting better, more technical corners, sometimes bigger corners. So that would be my concern for Wilson, and that's why I kind of sided with Olav, um in terms of who I like better.
0: The wide receivers, Jamison Williams, coming out of Alabama, he had the torn ACL. We saw him doing a little bit of work during the pro day down there, although he didn't participate in pro day. Uh, at what point are the rumors saying that he can contribute to an NFL team this upcoming season? Do you know?
1: I'm not sure exactly. I think you're still fine. Like even if he's not ready till October, I think you're still willing to, to pick him into teams probably. Which I think is where he's going to go. Um, obviously, his pace is fantastic um, his, his, this past year at Alabama, and the fact that he basically played the whole season before the injury um, tell you know that show, it showed all you needed to see about him. Like he is that good of a player, that good of a receiver. So I think it'll probably be okay for the beginning of the season. But even if he's not, I think you still you still pick him early.
0: Uh, the Packers could also use depth of tackle, and that's one of the things that nobody wants to talk about because it's not a glam position, but right now their right tackle position could be a little bit suspect at this point. Uh, let's just say that they do decide to grab a tackle maybe with that second pick in the first round. Is there somebody of, of solid ilk going to be there that's worth that pick in the in their second pick in the first round, do you think? Yeah, uh,
1: the tackle class is really interesting because it, it seems pretty front-loaded to a certain degree, because you have what I would say is the tier one group, which is Equanu uh, Cross and Evan Neal. Then you're like, okay, well, some people have been putting Trevor Penning into that tier one group, which would mean he could go in the top 12. I see him more in the tier two group, which would mean, tell me that if he falls all the way to 29 or whatever... Then, okay, then that's a really good pick. Now, obviously, a lot of these guys play left tackle in college, you know, um, you know tier one, tier, group, tier two group of tackles in this year's class. But still, you know, you need people around something of the world. So, like, I think if someone like Penn falls for them at 29, I wouldn't reach for him uh, that much higher or Gallagher, Ryman from Central Michigan. Like, I wouldn't reach for these guys. But if they, you find them at 29 and you've already kind of taken a receiver, um, then I'm all for it.
0: So the Packers also, uh, there's some other issues because Jair Alexander looks, at least as of right now, like he's going to go into the final season of his contract uh, because the the money has gotten crazy for corners. So they may need to get a corner as well. There's probably going to be depth of the secondary. Give me your thoughts on who they may get. I don't think they're going to get a top corner in the first round, but I'm thinking second, third round maybe, getting some additional secondary depth. Yeah,
1: and there's some very interesting corners. I think the interesting thing about the corner class this year is like, if the two that we think are kind of in that tier one group of corners, which is like Ahmaud Garner and Derek Stingley,
2: go early, then
1: all of a sudden that might push up everybody else, right? Like if they go both go into top seven, let's say, which is very possible, um, all of a sudden these other teams are going to start saying, okay, well, wait a minute, now I have to go and take um, Trent McDuffie in the team, now I have to go and take, uh, you know, whoever else, uh, as you're both, Kerry Elam and the team. And that might push guys up. So in the second round, all of a sudden you're a little you're thinner. Um, I like the the guy I really like is second round type of player is Kyler Gordon. I played opposite of Trent McDuffie. Both are going to be high draft picks this year at cornerback for um, from Washington. Uh, long, uh, you know, bigger than Trent McDuffie and can play inside outside. So that would be a guy we look for. Roger McCree, maybe, but I think he's more of a first round, uh, early second round type player. But, yeah, I think that's going to be the issue. Now, if those guys go later and all of a sudden, okay, you're is sitting there at 29, now, oh, wait a minute. like That might be interesting for them if they're thinking about the corner.
0: Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I, I like him coming out of Florida as well. Big, long physical corner. Uh, I don't know if I would call him specifically a shutdown but in the NFL, but he's he's got all the attributes. There's no doubt about that. Uh, the other area is going to be edge rusher. I think they're going to be looking for – uh, another edge rusher as well. I think they're going to try to find somebody to bolster the, uh, the loss of a guy like Zedaria Smith. They may even go interior with a linebacker in that particular area. I think they're going to try to bolster that as well. I don't think Devin Lloyd out of Utah or uh, Nicobe Dean out of Georgia is going to be there, but uh, you got Leo Chanel out of, out of Wisconsin. They saw him up close and personal. Quay Walker out of Georgia, they, see, they saw him a little bit too. Uh, talk about some of those guys, how much they could possibly help the inside linebacking position.
1: Yeah, I'm like, I think you know the problem with with uh, Leo Chanel and like Clay Walker. Clay Walker has been been talked up about you know going 33 to the Jaguars. So you know you're not you know talking about a position. I don't know if the Packers are, are looking for right now uh, like at that high in the draft. And Chanel, I mean we have not here on see uh, 36 ranked overall player, right? So like that might be a little too rich for the Packers in the scenario. I think I think you know a guy like um, Christian Harris from Alabama, mm-hmm. certainly not, um, you know, he's third-round type of player, but honestly, he, he he brings it every play, man. That's the kind of player you want, and let's see if we can figure out the other more technical stuff that he brings at every play. So that's that'd be a guy I'd look for, you know, maybe third, fourth-round type of range.
0: Talking with Seth Galina, Pro Football Focus, uh, which is where you can read their stuff. Um, the other question I had for you, when it comes to uh, the tight end play, where does, uh, where does Ferguson fit into all of this out of Wisconsin? Uh,
1: I haven't gotten to the tight ends just yet. I think he's, you know, from, from the little bit that I've seen, um, probably not in the tier one of these tight ends, which I think I would put more like the, the guys you hear a lot about, Jeremy Fry, Bill Fitch, uh, Jeremy Rucker, I think a lot of all the people are talking about. So I don't, think, I don't see him there. But then you're you're talking about probably a tier two type of player who, um, you know, who knows where tight ends are going to go, especially in this draft class, because you're you're not going to get the first one off the board until the end of round two, round three, something like that. So that's going to push Ferguson back uh, back a little bit, I think.
0: Uh, I also wanted to ask you. We already talked a little bit about the defensive depth and the line depth, but in also the offensive side of the thing. But um, there are tight ends out there that the Packers are going to be looking forward to add maybe another wide receiver type of tight end. But there's, it's so rare to find a guy that can block and can be a pass catcher downfield. Right. We know that they've got Robert Tunyon coming back, but we don't know when he, exactly he's going to be ready. Is there a, a couple of tight ends that might fit the bill? Because you can add offensive weaponry by adding a tight end, not necessarily two or three wideouts.
1: Well, this is the interesting thing about the Packers, and I think specifically losing Marquez Valdez-Gatman. Now, I think Alan does a good job at that as well, but you know, what they were really good at is finding these receivers who can kind of do both, and I think that's where you're seeing in the NFL a lot, is like these kind of receivers who are getting, playing tight to the line of scrimmage and are capable uh, blockers, right, for all the you can stay in, you know, your, your lighter personnel, personnel, but then um, still be able to run some sort of multiplicity in your running game because your receivers are capable enough. So I, I think finding a receiver like that would be very interesting. They don't fall off trees, of course, um, but that's kind of where I would look for um, in a player like that. You know, tight end is interesting for the Packers because like you said, they don't know about Tonyan. Obviously, um, Marsay's is still there. Still, um, still a hell of a blocker even at his age. Um, so yeah, I think for me, just finding that receiver who can do a little bit of both, rather than the tight end. Now, obviously, if Tunyon is, is not um, back to his normal self, then you're gonna have to find a tight end. But I think right now, it's finding a receiver who can who can block.
0: How much movement? Because it started out where this was a really deep draft when it came to wide receivers and edge rushers. We know there's quite a few teams since there's been so much movement this offseason, looking for wide receivers specifically. How many? Do you see a lot of movement, a lot of trades via the mock drafts and such for teams jockeying for position to try to bounce up and get one of these top ten wide receivers?
1: I I think it's going to happen because um, teams are going to get nervous once they start coming up the board. And again, this, this goes back to kind of the same theme that I'm talking about, which is like. I see even the top group are like two players that you would want to come off the board in the team. But all of a sudden, if, and I've seen this in some mock tracks, if the Jets take Garrett Wilson at four, well, all of a sudden everything gets pushed up a bit. And now Jake Lennon goes at nine, and then, or maybe not, not nine, but like um, you know goes a little higher. And everyone else, James Williams goes a little higher. And now you're freaking out if you are the Packers, for example, or if you are the Chiefs, for example they're like, oh, whoa, wait a minute, maybe someone will not fall to us. So I think that is going to be the, the, the factor. Because like you're saying, every, all these teams are looking for receivers because they all got rid of them. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, you'd love to be able to just wait there in the 20s because, like I said, there's going to be good receivers there. Um, but if they start coming up the board really quickly in, in the early, in the, the single to early teams, then, then I think some general managers are going to start to panic.
0: Seth, good stuff, man. I appreciate it. Uh, We will definitely talk again as we get uh, closer to the draft and then after the fact, okay? All right, cool. All right, buddy. Talk to you soon. There you go. Seth Galina from Pro Football Focus. You can read his stuff over there, and they do such a great job getting uh, getting you ready for the NFL draft and then everything that goes on after the fact. Good stuff from him. We certainly appreciate it. Let's do this. We'll step away, take a quick break, come back. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. more than a week ago debo samuel one of the san francisco 49ers standout weapons requested a trade. this is something the 49ers have been aware of uh, and they have wanted to make inroads on a long-term extension with debo samuel want to make him one of the higher paid receivers in the nfl he has just been as of now unwilling to accept or engage in any offer or any discussion and
3: the reason for that uh, from my understanding is he simply wants to be elsewhere. And there are
0: some questions and frustration from his standpoint about his usage. And He really is. He's a top receiver. He also takes a lot of hits. Used like a running back. Put all over the field. And he
3: just does not sound like he is comfortable as of right now with the way he is being used.
0: Welcome back to the program. So Debo Samuel, at least according to the report, Ian Rappaport, saying he's not comfortable with the way he's being used. And uh, obviously he's being used kind of as a Swiss Army knife and wants to be paid accordingly, uh, but feels himself more as a wideout than he does anything else and uh, feels like uh, the hits and such. As a running back, that ultimately will shorten your career, which is the reason he wants to be paid. So interesting, Debo Samuel now considering or at least saying that he wants out of San Francisco. And basically, if that's the case, if that's true, that means that whomever gets him, you're going to have to pay him and guarantee him a ton of money if indeed you're going to use him in the same facet. Otherwise, he wants to be a wide receiver and go elsewhere and get out of the Shanahan system, which would then again be negating what you would want to do with him in Green Bay if, indeed, he would be coming to the Matt LaFleur system. Um, the likelihood of Debo Samuel ending up in Green Bay, I think, is is 95% of me says no. I'll never say never, but the the likelihood of that, to me, says no. I, I just don't think it's going to happen. And, and for numerous reasons that we've already discussed, I think it's a fantasy. I think that um, that he is probably not um, financially, first of all, I don't know if the Packers could even uh, afford him. Now, I know Ian Rappaport, uh, he just tweeted this out moments ago. He said, among the teams to consider as the trademarker for Debo Samuel, the Jets, the Packers, the Chiefs, and the Lions. Chiefs are looking for wideouts, Lions are looking for wideouts, Jets are looking for wideouts, and the Packers are looking for wideouts. I assume most other teams... Who uh, like really good players? I mean, that's what Debo Samuel is. It's it's you're 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 shooting fish in a barrel by saying these teams need wide receivers. Duh. Now you look at the logistics of it. Okay, the Packers probably not. They're not going to trade to a competitive NFC team their best player first and foremost. That's not going to happen. Secondly, a guy he's going to want twenty plus million a year. Easy. If not, maybe more like a Tariq Hill type of deal. The Packers aren't going to be able to afford that right now. The timing of this would just be bad. Unless you got him and it was the minimal for the first year and you guaranteed him a contract extension uh, that with guaranteed money, say, upwards of $100 million bucks Over five years, six years. Okay then maybe you could you could woo him here. If indeed. Now, here's the other question. And, and Ronald says, why would Green Bay give up all of those draft picks for Samuel? Because, and that's the other thing. You're going to have to give up a lot, a lot to get him. Uh, when they could fill uh, many of the key positions this year with all of those picks and uh, get them under the cap uh, for a, a, a lot less in the future – And get position upgrades. Okay. Why would you give all those up? Because you have a two-year window. You know you got a legit shot at winning a Super Bowl over the next two years. With the team that you have, you add a guy like Debo Samuel, you got a legit shot. Um... I, I Look, if you can't afford Jarvis Landry, you're not getting Debo Samuel. You could pick up Jarvis Landry right now for that kind of money or less. But think about this, okay? Um, as much as you'd love to have him here, I would keep the picks. I think the smart move in both, I think... Um, you keep the picks. Just my opinion, but I think you keep the picks. Now, um, here's another question. Going for Jarvis Landry, people are talking about, well, he went. He was a good receiver until he went there, and then he just found a way to die. Well, didn't they say that about OBJ? Odo Beckham Jr., for all the craziness he can bring to a team, had he not gone down with injury, he could have ended up being the MVP of the Super Bowl before he went down with the injury. So your question is, because remember, he ended up coming into that situation and became an instant connection between him and Cooper Cup with Matt Stafford. So they said the same thing about OBJ. He came out of Cleveland, he was like, he's washed up, he's a problem, we don't want him. And then he turned out to be a real asset to the Rams on their run to a Super Bowl. Jarvis Landry, you can say the same thing. He was a guy that was was considered a really good wide receiver. Goes to Cleveland, doesn't have great numbers, eyes washed up. Maybe it's playing with Baker Mayfield that can make you washed up. You take a guy like Jarvis Landry, a little bit less money, give him a legit shot, put him with a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, and maybe you can make headway. So would you rather trade away a ton of picks for Debo Samuel? Or would you say, well, we'll roll the dice with another good wide receiver that we might have to overpay a little bit? But if we if we can by chance find a way to get Jair in and keep him here, extend him here? Redo Dean Lowry's contract? Extend that? restructure it, maybe we can find enough money to keep a guy like Jarvis Landry in-house, not have to give up a ton of picks, still be able to fortify the team and still have another good wide receiver. Maybe you go in that direction. I think I I, I just uh as much as in a dream world Debo Samuel, For you and I sitting around the bar thinking about how good this offense could be, if indeed the Packers could pick him up, find him in the Matt LaFleur system, use him the same way, he's happy, he's finally getting the ball thrown to him by a real quarterback rather than Jimmy Garoppolo. Here we go. It's a a great fantasy, but I think it's just a fantasy. How much is it going to cost you in picks and in money, and do you really think the 49ers are going to trade him away to A conference team that's going to be competing for the conference. I just don't think that's going to happen. I'm sorry. I hate to be the big bucket of cold water. Again, I'm not saying never say never. Never say never. But I think it's a really, really, really long, long shot. Just my opinion. 877 867 1670. 867 1670. Hey, if uh, this time of year we're going to get some warm weather tomorrow. And warm weather, you know what that means? What does that mean? Uh, it basically means that um, you're going to start to see the movement of some other critters. Maybe coming out of the woodwork. Maybe starting to come out of the attic. Coming out of the basement. Yep, you can have some bed bugs. A roach or two. Maybe it's those stink bugs. Box elders. Whatever. You get, you you know what I mean. Um, look, I, I'm not saying you have them. But if you want to do some preventative maintenance, great. If you are, say, a building owner, apartments, condos, office building, and you've got critters running around. Now, they're not coming to your house to take a raccoon out of your attic or bats or anything like that. But the Milwaukee Bedbug Pros, they operate everywhere, everywhere. And all you got to do is call them. They are very discreet. They're good people. And you don't have to, if you got pets, like, you know, when I had pets, I didn't want to do anything around my house with chemicals. They're like, no, we got you. We got you covered. Don't worry about your pets. What about your kids? Don't worry about your kids. We got you. We'll explain it all. We got you covered. Call them for anywhere. One phone number, 414-877-5811. 414-877-5811. That's our friends at the MilwaukeeBedbugPros.com. Milwaukee Bedbug Milwaukee Bedbug Pros. Dot com. If you got a hotel, whether it's a big one, a little one, an apartment complex, or just your house, I had them come out for the stink bugs. Stink bugs, I, because I hate them. And I wanted to make sure I didn't have them like infesting my attic or anything like that. They came out, they looked around, they're like, no, you're pretty good. We'll put a few things down. We got some things around upstairs. You should be good. Haven't seen a stink bug since. Not one. Not one of those nasty, stank things. Not one. Call them 414. 414- 877-5811. And this is the reason I they're here as a sponsor, because I love them, and they work. 414-877-5811. 414-877-5811. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show. It's coming up next. portion of the program brought to you by our friends over at New Medical. Treating guys with ED all over the state of Wisconsin, well beyond the borders as well. And if you're feeling kind of, you know, sluggish, moody, and slow, and worn down, maybe you're putting on a little bit of weight, could be low T. Could be low T. Low testosterone. If you're over the age of 30, stop in. They can check your numbers right then and there. Takes maybe 10 minutes. That's it. No big deal. Call them. Or the All-in-One Weight Loss Program. Now, this works. I get this uh, asked to me all the time. Does it really work? Yes. You follow it. You do it. Yep. It takes a little willpower for the first week or two. But after that, it almost like uh, things just begin to melt away. No doubt. So get a hold of our friends over there at the New Mail Medical. New Mail Medical treating guys all over the state and well beyond the borders locations. But one phone number, 414-455-4451, 414-455-4451. That's 414-455. 4-4-5-1. Four four. Five one. Who we got at the podium right now, Ben? Do we know? That is a good question. Uh, I wasn't sure if it was Devondre Campbell that was there. Um not quite sure. Um I well, you know what? We'll find out. We'll see if we can't dip in coming up here shortly. Hang in there. I think it's Devondre Campbell. Let's do the. Is do you, do you got the audio? Is Devondre Campbell live? Yeah, give me one second. Okay, so we want to take we want to check in uh, with Devondre Campbell as uh, he is also at the podium taking questions from the uh, the Packer media. Our guy Mike Clemens on the ground up there, by the way. So eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Um, I look. The uh, And I've got a bunch of people hitting me up on Twitter. Uh, Derek says, Debo, amazing talent, and the Packers should definitely explore every avenue to get him. His versatility would be scary in the Packers' offense. If they want to win a Super Bowl in Rogers' last few years, this would be a great way to get the ball rolling. And I agree with that. The pro- There's three areas of this you have to really remain, remain cognizant of. One is, um, what's it going to cost you? Not only in trade, but in money. Do you even have the room to get him in? So the, the the trade factor is one. Will they even trade him in conference? Most likely not. Can you get him under a contract? Most likely not. And how much are you going to have to get up to get him? You're not going to want to do that. Never say never, but it's an extreme long shot. Devondre Campbell at the podium talking to the Packers media right now. Let's take a listen. Hey, Dre. What's
3: going on? You know, uh, last year making the decision to kind of bet on yourself a little bit, bet on this team. I know it's been a month out now, but just what, how gratifying was that moment when, when you signed the deal and how excited are you about this, this next step in Green Bay?
2: Oh, it's definitely a dream come true. You know, I feel like I've been grinding for a long time and just, you know, finally find an organization that, you know, saw my skill set and realized what I can bring to the team for years to come. It just felt good to kind of get a little bit of security, you know, more than anything.
3: So after first-team All-Pro, like, what do you do for an encore now? How do you, how do you look at 2020? I mean, a lot of people
2: thought it was fluke, but you know how that goes, so we're just trying to continue to get better every day and keep pressing forward and, you know, try to repeat.
3: Andre, what was the, what was the timeline for this coming together, and was there ever a time where you thought it might not happen? There was that day, I don't know if you were at Lodge Cola or whatever, but we all saw your mm-hmm. Instagram post with Oogly eyes. What, can you kind of take us through those days and how it, it went from wherever you
2: were to getting done? Um, I mean, we were in constant communication the whole time, but, you know, how this business works, and we just kind of took it day by day. Um, th- that day I was here, I think I was here checking on my house. I kind of just did that to be funny, actually. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it was. it wasn't really nothing going on around that time. We were just kind of, you know, Mutual talks, kind of trying to figure out where the, where to go from there. But, you know, I'm here now, and it, it worked out for the best. So I'm, I'm happy to be here and happy to continue to, to build with the guys.
3: You guys never send out social media stuff just to get a reaction, do you? No,
2: the, the I do sometimes, you know. <laughs> I know people bite on it, so sometimes I like to play that game.
3: I know we all had to drop everything we were doing <laughs> to figure out if this was real or not. So yeah. yeah.
2: Thanks for that. Thank you, Aaron,
3: Thank you. <laughs> I know when you came into training camp late, you had to catch up and and learn the defense and finally find your place in it. What do you think the second year around means for you in terms of how the defense will
0: fit you and you will fit the defense?
2: I think the biggest thing is just, you know, having a full offseason with the guys. Um, Like you said, I came in late, and I had like a month to kind of figure everything out, and just kind of hit the ground running. You know, I'm a smart person, so it wasn't really too hard. But, you know, the, like I say, the biggest thing was just knowing my teammates' strengths and weaknesses since I, I didn't really have a lot of time with them. So most of the first part of the early season was getting used to playing behind my D-line or like communicating with my safeties and stuff like that. So just being able to have more time with them and, you know, with all the the protocols and stuff being lifted now i can actually hang out with them outside of the building so it just things will be a lot more smoother now this time around
3: how do you celebrate the contract
2: um i haven't really said celebrated you know i don't really i don't really try to celebrate because the work the work isn't done you know it's it's a blessing but there's still more to be done
3: does that drive you that that I don't know who these people are, but some people look at last year as a fluke. Does that drive you? Yeah, it always
2: drives me. You know, it's, it's kind of the story of my career. People have, you know, these thoughts or whatever it may be. Or none of it be true, but I, that's just the business. So I deal with it as it comes.
3: Devondra, you mentioned being able to hang out with the guys now. Mm-hmm. Whatever decisions you made last year you made were best for you. Well, we haven't even gotten to be in the same room with you until now. What was that like for you last year to, to be part of the team and be able to do certain things, but not be able to hang out with the guys outside of the team and stuff like that? And is it a lot different now this time around?
2: To be honest, I'm not really going to talk about that. That's that it's over with. You know, everybody has their own thoughts and decisions on it, but I don't really want to talk about that. With
3: the challenges last year, Know, of that, of not being able to be around guys and everything like that, was there a moment where you know you you felt like okay, this is this is my new home. I'm I'm a part of this team. I'm foundationally here. And did that kind of play into your decision to 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 resign?
2: Um, that was day one. You know, like like from the day I walked in, everybody from you know Russ and Mark and Brian Gudikis like the people up top to players on the team to even like GAs and scouts, everybody was just so happy that I was here. So, you know, when you got people from all the way to the top down to people who are just starting showing how much they appreciate you being here, it goes a long way. And, you know, I've always felt like I've done all the right things for the wrong people. So to actually find, find people who show their appreciation for you I mean, you want to run through a wall for them. So, you know, like I said, the the fact that the Packers showed me a commitment, you know, it's mutual. It goes both ways.
3: So Devon, all right, so they were excited to have you right away. Mm -hmm. But I remember distinctly LaFleur talking to us maybe a week in the training camp, and he was just gushing about you. Yeah, a lot of
2: people don't know I've known Matt since my rookie year, you know, like he was on, Uh, The the staff when I was in Atlanta and I used to talk to him every day. So You know coming here was a a pretty easy decision You know the the process took a couple weeks like we were talking for two or three weeks before I finally signed but You know, I was just trying to put myself in the best situation possible, you know because a lot of people don't know the type of player I am and that's okay it's a lot of us in the league but you know just the whole general idea of like i've I've like people consider me an average player i've always felt like i've been a great player but opportunity is everything you know like i had one job responsibility here that allowed me to excel week in and week out rather than going into a game plan where you playing three or four different positions and i mean i I was able to do it well but you know, it eventually takes a toll on you. So I just wanted to put myself in the best position to showcase my talents on a weekly basis. Did you
3: know, Dre, that you were going to get that specific role? Yeah, I told you. I was like,
2: the only way I will come is if you let me do this and only this. I don't, I don't want to play Sam, Mike, and Will. And, like, yes, I can guard running backs and tight ends and wide receivers, but I don't want to do it all day. Like, I did that for four years, five years. You know, like, the tape is there, but that's not what I want to do. I want to be a mic, and I want to be just a mic. So, yeah. They
3: were cool with it right away. That's where you (laughs) went.
2: Yeah, I mean, like I said, I know Matt. Matt knows my skill set, so it was an easy decision. Like, that's what you want to do. I know you can do it, so I'll let you.
0: There you go. That is Devondre Campbell talking to the Packer media uh, up in Green Bay. And very honest, very frank about many things. Very, I love the honesty, love the the matter of factness of Devondre Campbell. So, uh, so good stuff there with Devondre Campbell. And his discussion uh, with the uh, the Packer media. Let's do this. We're going to step away, take a quick break, come back. Got a lot more to get to. Brewers just now getting underway down at American Family Field. Bucks and Bulls coming up tonight at the Five farm. Forum. Looks like, at least the rumor is, Aaron Rodgers, Randall Cobb will be in attendance, sitting courtside tonight. How about that? Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Gonna find anything better than out at our friends at Wisconsin Harley Davidson. See my buddy Craig. I was out there yesterday. Turtle, by the way, who was one of their salespeople. Happy birthday to him, as he had a big pizza party. <laughs> like, like you're one of the little kids. You know, remember back in the day when you had a pizza party or a party in your homeroom? Uh, they had a big pizza party for him for his birthday out at Wisconsin Harley. You wait till Harley it yesterday. cools a bit and begins to coagulate. Coagulate. Ah, oh, yes. Coagulation. Uh, there you go. There you go. Say hi to Turtle, though. Say howdy to Turtle. Uh, 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. It was his birthday. So stop out to Wisconsin Harley-Davidson. Go to WISHD.com. That is WISHD.com. But uh, new bikes coming in almost daily. Almost daily. Man, they got a whole huge selection of bikes out there. New, used. The used bikes are beautiful. A lot of, and there's some new stereo stuff that they're putting into these things. They've got a subwoofer. The whole thing slides right into your bag. One, if you got a hard bag or a soft bag, doesn't matter. Uh, although more more hard bags today and age than soft bags, but they got slides. And man, it thumps. Holy moly! Stop out there and check it out. The Rockford Fosgate edition. Our buddy Chuck says, "Hey, Bill, listening to you in Slinger, Wisconsin, which is the home of the Slinger Speedway, by the way." And Little Switzerland. I love Little Switzerland. Uh, if Rogers doesn't come to the uh, mini camps, I will start to ask myself when did he become Eddie Martell from The Replacements? Good Eddie Martel reference right there, Chuck. Like it. When did he become Eddie Martel from The Replacements? If you remember that movie, uh, good question. I, I I think during COVID. Everything began to change. If I had to go with it, I'd have to say, I think during COVID. Uh, again, our buddy Jimmy Shapiro uh, sends me a note, says, "Hey Bill, I thought the odds uh, might be of interest to you. Go to BetOnline.ag. That's BetOnline.ag. Uh, the Golden State Warriors, eleven to four, odds on favorite to win the championship. Phoenix Suns, sixteen to five. Bucks, nineteen to four. Celtics, seven to one. Miami, nine to one. And it goes on from there. There you go." Our buddy Jimmy Shapiro, Stuff Media Group, and BetOnline.ag confirms the fact that the Bucks. yep, they're still sitting third right now. The two top teams are the teams coming out of the Western Conference, the uh, Golden State Warriors, and the Phoenix Suns. But with Devin Booker going down with a hamstring injury, who knows how long he's going to be down. Big injury if he's lost for a, an extended period of time. Big injury if he's gone for a while. Um... This is from uh, Puma Pete. Puma Pete says, uh, if Aaron Rodgers is courtside at the Fiserv Forum, do you think he has a glass of scotch or a glass of beer with him? It would be none other than Aaron Rodgers to lift the spirits of all Bucks fans tonight by chugging a beer on camera. That's from Puma Pete. Puma Pete, uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> do I do, do we care? You know. Do we care? Um I'm still, you know, we'll wonder what the reaction is going to be. I guarantee I can't wait for tonight. I might even in honor of Aaron Rodgers, th- the rumor is, for those that are just tuning us in, Dario Melendez uh, of WISN News tweeted this out a while ago said that uh, the rumor has it that uh, both Rodgers and Randall Cobb are going to be sitting courtside tonight at the Fiserv Forum for the Bucks game. Bucks and Bulls game two coming up tonight. So the question is, what is the reaction going to be? I I, I got to think that the majority of people are going to. It's going to be a round of applause. It's good to see Aaron Rodgers back in court side and courtside, uh, and you know everybody's harmonious again, as opposed to a year ago when the story breaks that he's unhappy, he doesn't want to come back. Two days before training camp, he finally comes back, and you know all that kind of stuff. I mean, I I, I don't know. Uh, I I who cares? I just want to see the Bucks win tonight. But in honor of Rodgers possibly, possibly sitting courtside. I think tonight, uh, and I said this earlier, and many of you have uh, hit me up by saying this. Uh, you said, hey, unit, you got to do some Facebook Live tonight. I think I will. I think I'm going to do some Facebook Live tonight. I'm going to go down to the bar, sit in the new leather chairs, grab a cigar, and we'll, we'll, I'll have to make a game-time decision. Will it be a little bit of scotch? Will it be a little bit of brandy? Will it be a little bit of whiskey? Or will it just be a good old-fashioned beer? But we'll do some Facebook Live tonight. Look for that during the Bucs game tonight, okay? Look for that during the Bucs game tonight. Aren't Facebook Lives just all about, like, really passionate political talking points? Uh, not on this guy's uh, behalf. I get, you know, the, the political thing, the one thing I th- found about talking politics of any type, doesn't matter, whatever your feeling is, it is. I find myself pretty much down the middle, okay? I'm, I'm, I, people say, are you Republican or Democrat? I'm common sense, okay? Do what's best for everybody. Do what's best for business, for the economy, for everybody in general, and for the for the people that are in the middle, you know, not the poorest of the poor and not the richest of the rich, for what pretty much stands standard down the middle, the common sense stuff. Do what's right, okay, which tends to piss people off on both sides. And it gets to the point where you can't even express your opinion anymore and just say, well, maybe I think this without just being ridiculed. So I try to stay out of the politics thing as much as I can. I said something about masks a while ago, which people took completely out of context and never, never, ever, ever thought to ask me what exactly that meant. Just took sides and it became just vitriol. So I try to stay out of the political realm. We'll Talk a little sports tonight. We do a Facebook live. So I this think will we're going to. this will be the first
3: since the uh, parking lot of the supermarket, right? Post Packers. Um,
0: yeah. As a matter of fact, no, no, I did one. Um, no, I didn't do a video. Uh, a Facebook live. It was a video. I did a video on my uh, humidor. Because sometimes when things really work out well, I like to give companies credit for doing good things rather than bad things. So. Um, yeah, it, uh, I think that's the last time I posted an actual video of myself on that, but I'll do a Facebook live tonight. We'll we'll cover, we'll cover five topics in a Facebook live, five topics in a Facebook live. That's what we'll do tonight. See what happens. See if people go nuts or see if people respond. I think that'll be fun, especially now that I got, um, I used to have like this uh, this this tripod stick for my my phone when I do a Facebook live, and uh, I lost it. I couldn't find it for forever, and I finally found it. It was actually it was funny because when I was out at Wisconsin Harley Davidson, I just had my 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 motorcycle is on the showroom floor uh, up by the window because they've got so many bikes in storage they needed to put it somewhere. So it's actually on the showroom floor up by the window, and I just happened to go over to it. And I had my keys with me. I unlocked the the back trunk, the storage trunk, um, and there it was. I forgot I left it in the bike. So I finally found it. So I brought it back home with me. So that's coming up tonight. we got another hour yet to go. Who knows? We might even talk with our buddy Mike Clemens before it's all said and done. Mike might give us a call. I know he's up at Lambeau Field. He is currently tunneling his way into uh, – into – uh, the uh, the war room that is the NFL draft room for the Packers. Preston Smith, we're going to hear from him, too. He uh, just going to the podium, so we're going to get Preston Smith as he starts to talk to the media also. Stay tuned. we still got another hour yet to go. More of the Bill Michaels Show. Coming up, and it's coming up right after this. The Bill Michaels Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.